Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. Morning, Nakoto. Thank you very much for this awesome opportunity to speak and to be here with you guys. I am very excited um, to share a few things with you, some f- stories as well, and um, just a few things that God had highlighted for me through this passage of Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 40, and we'll read that in a moment. Um, I'm just going to pray again, more for, yeah, for my sake, double prayers, um, but, and then, then we'll get into, stuck into it. You all good with that? Awesome. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just lift up this time to you in Jesus' name. And I declare, Lord, that every person here, Lord, would feel encouraged. Lord, that every person would feel strengthened, equipped in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray your blessing over this time. Amen. Uh, A few years ago, my family and I, we moved to Madagascar to work in an orphanage there. And um, we actually moved there two times. Uh, the first time we moved there with a four-year-old, four year a two-year-old, and a two-month-old. And the day after we got there, I thought, oh, I'm going to go and check out the main house and see what's happening there. And so I walked there, and soon after I got there, there was this lady who turned up. And this wasn't actually uncommon for um, the organization that we worked for, which was Iris Global. And uh, this lady knocked on the, on the door and she, um, she had come from three hours away. And I soon found out her story was that her husband had left her three months earlier. And uh, she had brought her four-year-old and her two-year-old. And uh, what amazed me was that the four-year-old was actually smaller than my two-year-old. And the two-year-old, as you can imagine, was even smaller than that. And through the translator, I heard, wow, that this lady was absolutely desperate. She had come all this way because she found out that maybe she could receive some help because she, was, she got told that she was going to get kicked out of, out of her house. I wouldn't necessarily call it a house, but that was house to her. And I asked the translator, so how much is the rent? And he said, 10,000 ariari for the month. I said, how much is that? And 10,000 RER is the equivalent of five dollars, five bucks. And, um, and so fortunately on that day, I had 10,000 RER in my pocket, felt very rich. 10,000 sounds very, very a lot of money, but it wasn't. And so I was able to discreetly give it to the translator to give to her. And you'll see that this passage that we'll be reading today, just like my story, highlights three key things. Okay, so do I point? It highlights three key things, and I want us to look at these three things this morning when we read this passage. It highlights to us that God positions His people to be in the right place at the right time. It also highlights to us the importance of being able to stop for the one in front of us. And it highlights to us that God meets people where they are at. So, what I want us to do I know this is a little bit different, but I've got, I work in a primary school, and um, so uh, it's, we try and mix things up. So what, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, So what I would like us to do this morning is, soon, can you please turn to Acts chapter 8, 
verse 26. And then what I want you to do with your buddy next to you, read, I'm going to give you a few minutes to read and engage that, that passage. Um, now I've got, okay, I've got it on the screen. You need a magnifying glass to see it. But I've also got some paper copies and I brought, got some, found some more Bibles. So no shame if you didn't bring your Bible. I've been guilty of that many times, far too many times. But um, what I would like you to do is just engage with that text, Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 40 with your buddy next to you. And then I'm going to ask you some questions. So uh, it won't be too tricky questions. So if you could do that for a few minutes, that would be wonderful. Just pop up your hand if you need a Bible or... I've got the text right here. Do you prefer one of these? That's. When you're finished, maybe if you could just uh, fold your arms, because, you know, primary school teacher. Fold your arms so I know you're finished. I'm just kidding. I'll kind of gauge it. All right. Thank you for engaging with that. You know, it's, uh, so far you guys are being a very good class. Very good. Great. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. So, um, so I've got a, a few questions. Let's just check in to see our understanding. So these are basic questions. The first one is, and feel free to kind of call out the answer. What was the follower, the Jesus follower, the disciple? He was also deacon. What was his name? Okay, well done. True or false? The passage mentioned the eunuch's name. False. No, it does. Yeah, it doesn't mention it throughout that passage. He was a very poor man, the eunuch. He was a very poor man. What do we know about him? Was he a poor man? What do you think? No, we don't think so, eh? Very good. Well done. 100% so far. Um, the passage took place in the desert road, in the desert. And last question. In the end, the eunuch just decided to curse Philip. Decided to run off and just get, told him to get lost. False? True or false? False. No, he actually gave his life. He, he said, let's get baptized. He gave his life to Jesus, hey? so, which is pretty amazing. All right. So the first thing that stood out for me when I was going through this passage is just where it took place. Isn't it amazing and interesting where God encounters us sometimes? It took place right in the desert. And it just shows me that nothing is too far from God. Nothing is too far from God. We are always in His gauge. He sees you when you are hurting. He sees you when you're lonely. He sees and reaches out to the rich. He reaches out to the poor, like the story that I told before. He's, he doesn't see past you. He knows your every need and the, the things that you're going through. And just like this Enoch... He was, I think he was a very wealthy man. He had position, he had stature, but he also was a man who had a lot of need. He, had, he was desperate because he needed Jesus, eh? And God met him and heard him in the desert. Isn't that amazing? And so, as I mentioned to you before, I, I believe that God positions his people to be in the right place at the right time. Philip was in the right place at the right time, and God used him to explain the Scriptures to, to him. And that inevitably led to the man to make a, a very, very important decision of his life. 
And through God's mercy and grace, I think that he is showing us and demonstrating to us through the book of Acts, we've read eight chapters so far as a church together, um, that he shows us time and time again how he puts his people in the right place at the right time. Let me just mention a few, and there's, there's plenty more. The 120 in the upper room who were filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, I would have loved, personally loved to be there myself. The, the person who might have accidentally just passed by or gone, or gone to a shop that day when Peter got up and preached to receive the salvation, the, the good news of Jesus Christ. What about the, the beggar who was lame, who was there for many, many years, many years, year after year, and there on that day, Peter and John passed him and received an incredible miracle. Why? So God positions his people in the right place at the right time. And I think we, the people of God, need to also be remembered that God does that for us as well. When, and I think we really need to remember this, particularly when things doesn't go our way. Now, this is kind of a message that I needed to remind myself this week. When things don't get, go our way and we start getting bewildered, we start losing faith, we start forgetting things that, that God would, you know, we're forgetting that God has a plan for our lives and that um, he is positioning us to be in the right place at the right time for his purposes. Eh? So um, notice how the Spirit of God is not guiding Philip's every little bit of detail, um, but f- simply guiding Philip to to a position so that he can um, so that he can give him the next bit of instructions. Step by step, the Lord leads us. Step by step, He leads us. It wasn't after till after Philip obeyed and responded the first time till he saw the chariot, eh? And then the Holy Spirit revealed to him again the next instructions, step by step. Recently, Rebecca was has been organizing a post-abortion healing retreat. And it's been amazing just to see how that's been evolving because um, she's had that on her heart and she's been, been pursuing that. And she got in touch with these ladies in Auckland who's been trained in this type of thing, got in touch with the, the retreat place, got everything organized, got the flies, got everything. And up until very, very recently, nobody has registered. And so the other day, the place where we're, that's hosting this, the, they rang Rebecca and they saw, they wanted to see, well, how many people have actually registered for, registered for this thing? And she said, nothing, nobody. And that's partly because of the news, the word just not getting out, Facebook blocking, all that type of thing. And, um, and so she said, well, let me just check to see if somebody has registered today. And sure, some, two people have registered they were just in the right place, the right time, that Rebecca's message, through this ad, through whatever they saw, got fruit to them. And I'm sure that this retreat is going to be an incredible blessing of healing for them. And I believe that's how God works. God, what God wants is our obedience and our faith. Faith does not require God to explain himself. Faith does not require that God give us a blueprint with every detail of his plan. 
Faith says, wherever you lead, I will go. Hey. In 2009, um, Rebecca and I, we went to a missions training school in Mozambique. It's a three-month school. Actually, the week before we went, we found out that we were pregnant. Rebecca was pregnant with our first. And um, so we went to this missions training school in Mozambique with Iris Global. And I thought, I was so sure that God was going to speak to me about, we're going to go to North Africa and we're going to reach these people groups, all that kind of stuff. And right in the beginning of the school, God revealed to me, no, you're going to go back to your town, Tomaranui. Who's been to Tomaranui? Okay, there's really nothing there. It's not, it's not an exciting place. Trust me. Just take my word for it for a minute. It is. There's really, you, you blink and you miss it. So he wanted us to go back there. It's a low socioeconomic town and reach out to 10 mums. Because at that time, one in three, one in four teenage girls were 10 mums. And there was nothing there to really support them with their education. Step by step, the Lord led us to the right place at the right time. Um, as I mentioned before, Philip was also willing to stop for the one. And can I just pause for a moment and just relate with you and just say, yep, I completely get you. Life is busy. Life is full of noise. Life has got so much stuff. I, I get you. I know. Um, but imagine, just for a moment, imagine Philip did not stop. Imagine just he went to the chariot, but he didn't stop at the chariot. I, I actually learned that that Ethiopian eunuch, um, he actually ended up becoming a missionary to, in Ethiopia, which spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. And if you think about the significance of that in that time of day, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing. And the same with us. Imagine that person who reached out to you, who stopped for you, who maybe prayed for you, or maybe gave you a cold cup of water, reached out to you with a hug, maybe shared the love of Jesus to you. Imagine that person didn't stop. Do you think we would all be here today? I don't think so, eh? So um, for me personally, I grew up in church. I went to church Sunday after Sunday, but I lived a very, very doubled life. I, I did all sorts of things that I'm not proud of. And I lived a double life. I was very, very lukewarm. And then when I was around 20, I was studying psychology. And I was working in this, um, in this house uh, where um, adolescents, uh, it had adolescents with intellectual disabilities and sexual issues. It was a very interesting place. And there was this other young guy who was also there. And one night, and I knew he was a Christian, but I didn't have much to do with him. And one night, he could just really tell that I was desperately needing something. I was in desperate need of Jesus. And he stopped and he asked, can I pray for you? And he did. And God revealed himself as a father to me in a radical kind of way. And um, I got radically born again, baptized by the Holy Spirit. And some of you actually know this guy. His name is um, Matt Lansdowne, who's actually gone on to do amazing things for Jesus. Jesus, he's, he's our example, eh? If you look through the Gospels, you'll see so many examples of him stopping. I mean, he was stopping for the, for the, the deaf, the mute, the, the sick, the rich, prostitutes, all sorts of walks of life. He even stopped for the dead, Lazarus. He stopped for Lazarus. So pretty amazing. 
So if he's our example, then we need to do that. And I feel personally very, very challenged by that in our busy kind of world as well. Then, which leads me to my third and last point, God meets us where we are at. God in his abundant grace meets us where we are at. God may not tell you to go and stand next to a carriage and eavesdrop and listen to a man or somebody reading the scriptures to explain. However, he does send people with real spiritual needs into our lives. He sends them to our families. He sends them to our jobs. He sends them to our neighborhood. And that's, and, you know, that's for us to explain and demonstrate Jesus to them. And that's why Jesus had sent me and my family to the same street as Josh, so where Josh lives, so that he can explain and demonstrate Jesus to us. <laughs> hey? No, but in all seriousness, you know, Jesus does that. He sends those people with real spiritual needs to us. And he does that. He, he reveals himself through us, through you, through me. And I know if I had to ask you a show of hands this morning, who feels unqualified at times to share Jesus? I, I would be putting my hand up too. I understand. But can I just encourage you this morning that the work that Jesus had done in you has been a beautiful thing. And that's good enough to share with others. Matthew 25, unfortunately, I don't have time to go into this, but Matthew 25, it's an amazing, beautiful, but also challenging scripture where it talks about reaching out with a cold cup of water, reaching out, giving somebody food. Sometimes people, we can reveal Jesus to people through practical love like that. And Jesus also reminds us in Matthew that do not be worried about how you will respond or what you will say, because what you say will be given to you in that hour. What we need is love, though. We need love. And Mother Teresa says this. Everybody knows Mother Teresa? Yep. Mother Teresa says, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. Yeah, so... I really believe that. We can do this. And I came across this quote the other day, and it, it encouraged me and inspired me and it also equipped me and it challenged me. Every day we share the gospel, but every now and then we use words. Okay, so every now and then we use words. Um, in 2020, we started the, the Christchurch branch of this organization called Pro Love, and we ran it from our garage. And what it is was is, is reaching out to mums who are in vulnerable situations, just with practical love. We had all this baby clothes and prams, you name it, everything donated. My whole garage was taken over by it, and we were just reaching to these mums who have sometimes been in really, really challenging situations. For example, there was this lady who was in a very vulnerable situation who had to just leave. She had five kids, get out of her house, and they had nothing. And they reached out to us, and we were able to bless them with baby clothes, with all sorts of stuff, boxes full of stuff, you know. And we also always 
put a Bible with it, tracks and all that kind of stuff too. But what a privilege it was for us to be demonstrating Jesus to these um, ladies in this desperate hour. And it just shows you how God meets people where they are at. So um, what I would like you to do is just for a moment, um, maybe with your buddy next to you, just if you could just refresh your memory, what were the key three points? I'm giving you a cheat sheet on the screen. What were the three points, the key three points that I want you to remember from this message, from this passage? If you can just maybe talk about that for 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a memory test. Just give him the answers. It's easier. <laughs> All right. So just to recap, from Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 40, the passage that we looked at today, we could clearly see that Philip, he was the man that God used and positioned to be in the right place at the right time. And he wants to do that with us too. I believe that. And I'm praying that we would be awakened to that too as well. Also that Philip was a man who stopped. And that is a challenge. I get that. I completely, I put my hand up. I say completely, I get that. But just, just see the impact of that in this case. And then lastly, just how God meets people where they're at. He's full of love, gracious and abundantly, just so patient with us as well. Eh? So this, this morning, what I, for the last thing before I finish, is what I would like you to do, please, is just for the next 10 minutes or so, um, I've got some questions on the screen, and just in groups of three, sorry, four or five, three is fine too. Um, so just uh, in small groups, I've got these three questions that I would like you to, to talk about, please. Number one, what was it that stood out for you in this passage? Maybe there was something in that passage that you read, and I purposely got you to engage and read with it. Maybe there was something that you read that actually, you know what, that would have been a great point for me to talk about. Please come and share it. No, but maybe something the Holy Spirit, something the Holy Spirit spoke something to you entirely different. What was it that stood out for you in that passage? Number two, do you have a testimony to share with others where you were in the right place at the right time, where you stopped in obedience and faith and did something? It's amazing when we hear people's testimonies, how that encourages us. Um, my friend over there, Jason, uh, he's visiting today. Sorry, Jason. He's shared with me fairly recently a story that he, where he stepped out in faith, was in the right place in the right time. And that so stirred me in thinking, wow, that's, a, that's just incredible what God can do. Eh? Um, and lastly, what do you think the Holy Spirit is speaking to you this morning? I think he communicates things to us. What do you think he's speaking to you? So I'll leave you with that. Um, if you can break into groups, that'll be fantastic.